I'm, gonna, I'm pressing record now, so you got to. Okay, we're recording. <laughs> yes. I got to behave. <laughs> I the whole point of the podcast was to not behave. You, look, you not behaving is like a regular. Yeah, that's just that's just natural <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's as a, that's as far as like you know watching you from afar and just going what. <laughs> it's like a David Attenborough experience. <laughs> You're just like just you. You get to watch something. I invited a friend after gym the other day to come watch me go shopping because I needed to get the clothes for the the Jenga thing, oh, yeah. and so I was like, okay, I need a shirt. Need a flannel and i was like do you want to come watch me do like clothes shopping do you want to see the experience of how i how i do this and can so, i just say that's not the most riveting way of like selling that story no but it is because it's me so that's why it's an experience and i see the thing is i either know everyone or i can befriend anyone in an instant so i spent this the entire true. time showing that off and showing off who i knew and saying hi and stopping and talking to people or then befriending all the workers at different stores that we went to just to kind of show off uh because that's what i do and it was i was said it was a real david Attenborough experience you got to like watch some weird creature do regular things but not in a regular way (laughs) (laughs) i just i think it's like having described you to anyone and watching like i think when we did the photo shoot and Mm. sophia was filming behind the scenes yeah and then just like i think it's whatever comes out of your mouth is like it's like the most mundane smile but the weirdest shit I, just <laughs> i'm so deadpan about it. i'm just so normal it's such a regular occurrence to me that i say the weirdest shit i'm like what are you guys talking that's just, yeah. that's just me and then like everyone just looks like you know this crowd of other animals just going <laughs> See, no, I have. I see. The thing is, I have a gift where nobody actually listens to me unless I'm talking to them. I can I say weird shit in public, and nobody will pay attention. And now I have two theories for this: either <laughs> it is like a power and nobody pays attention, or nobody wants to be the person to like acknowledge the weird person saying something because then I may go weird on them. They're like worried for their so- personal safety that I may get a little bit weird, so they go, "Oh yeah, okay, we're just gonna." We're just yeah. going to ignore that he said that. And so it allows me to say whatever the fuck I want <laughs> at any opportunity with no punitive measures. That, I yeah, I like that. It's great. It's uh, great. It's so good. And I, I always thought like, I was like, am I actually weird or am I doing it for like comedic purpose or yeah. like everything? And then I just kind of looked into myself and was like, realized the amount of weird shit I do with nobody looking either yeah. way. Like I kind of think in my head, it's like maybe like kind of Truman Show-esque. Like what if somebody's watching? But like, how I take out the bins is it used to be I would take them out barefoot and there was always little rocks on the ground. So I'd have to walk really weirdly and I'll go like, people, people can't see this, but I'm doing some like weird walk. <laughs> yeah. and I'll like weirdly walk along the ground. And then I just started putting that into my regular routine. Even if the ground didn't have little rocks yeah, yeah, in yeah. it, I would just take the bins out and then walk down. like uh, Cause it's just fun now. <laughs> it's just a fun thing. It just, it taking out the bins is such a boring thing, right? I know. I just kind of want to get a camera now and just, and, and- Follow me around, yeah, follow but like, you. yeah. Well, I won't know if you're. Yeah, there. yeah. It's yeah. like a real nature documentary. Exactly. I'll just platinum around. You won't know. Oh, <laughs> I we'll... do such weird shit, man. I do but such it, weird and... shit. This is the things we do podcast. A podcast about films, TV, life, culture, mental health, and a lot. I've got my friend, amazing friend, and special guest, Lachlan Crossweller. Hi guys, my name's Lachlan, uh, also known as Cross. <laughs> Welcome to my podcast, actually. <laughs> 
called The Things We Do. Um, it's a kind of mix of everything. We talk about a lot of stuff on here. Um, I got my guest Martin. Um, we're probably gonna end it after this episode though. We're just gonna gonna stop it. It's just gonna be done. We're gonna finish after yeah, so this. That yeah, that part's gonna be cut. Uh, absolutely not. I, um, editor, this part is not gonna be cut. Uh, do not veto that. No well, video. I'm the editor. Yeah, so but uh, so don't cut it, Martin. <laughs> Martin, don't cut this part. I do. I just so say quick, quick note, Martin. Quick note. Just quick note. Can I do a quick note? Yeah. Can I do a quick note? Don't cut this. Okay. No cutting. Absolutely no cuts. <laughs> right. Zero cuts. Zero cuts. <laughs> Zero cuts. Which is like three hours long. Yeah. Just... I, that's how our podcast, my podcast, works. Where. The only editing I do is when my nan or my sister is speaking in the other room and you can hear them. Otherwise, I just, I, if it works, if we run for the hour and it works, I just launch it. I just put I, it up there. No editing, I, no audio checking. So, so Lachlan does a podcast called Bit Movies. Well, we talk which, a bit about movies, but mostly other stuff. I always have to get that in there every time I say it. That's the tagline after. It's true. And I think one of the funniest things, I think it's like episode three or four, was you were talking about your editing process. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably four by that point. Yeah. yeah, and I think the way Lachlan describes it, he just goes through it, makes sure everything sounds level, and then just goes, shit, it's yeah, done, yeah, it's yeah, go, exactly. go. Exactly. Like, we, we talk about, that's the whole point. We talk about good shit. It's 100% good content every time. Nothing to get rid of, nothing to edit, but nothing to change. I love good the, content. I love the fact that you have to continuously apologize like the things you say throughout the book. I don't remember what we apologize to so much shit. Yeah, I don't you do. That. You talked about Mount Rushmore and the, the Native Americans. Did so. I talk about that? Was in episode four? That was, th I think that was three. Three? Wow. Okay. Because that was when the, um, yeah, yeah, that was when they were trying to, uh, what were they trying to do? They were trying to, what were they doing? They with were, Mount, or was were, it July 4th? Yes. Yeah, it was July 4th. It was during July 4th. And we talked about Mount Rushmore and the awesome, uh, awesome Native American people yeah, yeah, defending yeah. Mount Rush, well, defending. I can't remember what the land... I have it on my phone, what the land is called and what the tribe is mm. called. But um, yeah, we're talking about that. Wow, we're on like... We're about to do episode 12. Because well, when is this coming out? This is coming... Because that's the thing. This is... I, I, this I have things later. I don't know if I can I can talk about yet. I, I, this will come out in January. So we can talk okay, about... January, cool. So we can talk about stuff Certain that things. is coming. Okay, um, good. But we obviously... We can talk about a bit... You know, this isn't a podcast just about movies. Yeah. It's a, no, that's my... That's <laughs> yeah, that's even my podcast <laughs> isn't a podcast just about movies. It's but a bit just, about movies. I, I, but mostly other stuff. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it out. But I think I think that in the in this podcast, you know, like we can talk about anything that is like, you know, not coming out in at least <laughs> yes, January twenty twenty one. Okay, good because I have things that I could I want to talk about, but I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, at, yeah. At the time of recording this, we're we're about to do episode twelve on my podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we can also talk about like things that we've worked on together, which mm. you know, get in the to, past. Um, yeah, in the past, and also that have already technically been announced because I am I am no hider away. No, you just <laughs> go like, hey, here's this thing. I'm like, am I even going to be in the country for that? You're like, we need to film all of this before you leave. I'm like, oh my god, there's so much. I'm so keen. I'm so excited. But there's so, so much, much content, content that we need to film. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And you just go, hey, we're doing this thing now. I'm like, we are. That's happening. Since when? I'm excited for it. But thank you. I'm the worst manager. You really are. Yeah, that'd be like if I was an actor and you were my agent and you were saying, oh hey, you know your recording today. I'm like, I'm what? And I'm on like some TV show where I have to play a clown who solves crimes. I'm like, when did I sign off on that? I didn't, but I'm gonna.
I think it's the, that no one's ever stopped me. So that's yeah, why. that's the thing. We let you get away with it. We go, oh, that's Martin, that cheeky old, that oh, that I rascal, know. and then we just let you do it. Yeah, and then, yeah. And then we come back to filming later, and we're just like, oh my god, There's so much to do. So you know, a little bit, a little bit of backstory to Lachlan. You're actually- announcing my backstory, okay? So tell us a little bit of backstory about yourself. No, I want to hear what your backstory of me is, and then, I'll corre- <laughs> and then I'm going to correct all of it. Well, I, I was only going to say you're an actor and cosplayer, but I wondered I, what I was going to ask. <laughs> okay, was you're right there. You, yeah, I'm not wrong. <laughs> was which one came first? Did acting come first or did cosplaying come first? Acting came first. So so we're on to the interview portion of the podcast. Cool. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so this is where I get my guests to actually interview me. Um, actually, that'll be a pretty good premise for a podcast. Um, I may have to take that. I'm going to write that down. But so acting came first. Um, I... So I've been doing theater since I was five years old. Um, and I have known since then I've always wanted to be an actor. So acting definitely came first. And then my first cosplay was 2014, Supernova. I made my own homemade Spider-Man costume and met Stanley in it, which was pretty fucking sick. Um, I walked up to him and I said, I was going to say, Stanley, your films are marvelous. Little pun. And then I choked on that. And I was like, oh, legit. And he was like, what? And I was like, just take the fucking photo. Just take the photo. And then uh, we, t- and that was his last year coming out to Sydney. Um, yeah, that was the last time he came to Sydney. And so got the photo. It was, it was incredible. It was only one day. And then ever since then, I did like the full weekend at cons and stuff. But yeah, acting um, definitely came first. But theater and I'm branching out into film and TV finally, which was always kind of the dream. Yeah. Yeah. Because... um. What do you find it like with cosplaying and acting and everything? Would you what do you what do you enjoy about those two worlds? Because like they kind of merge together. I'll start with cosplaying because actually this year has really changed my outlook on cosplay. Um, so cosplaying, I, it's more like I I loved getting to be a character that I enjoy, but also I love attention uh, but i love other people enjoying it too so like when somebody's like hey spider-man can i get a photo i'm like fuck yeah like i just i love bringing that joy and bring that kind of character to life in a way that somebody can be like i recognize that character i like that character that sparks joy very uh marie kondo or uh, yeah you know just i i like to throw out um people at cons who don't spark me joy so um wash out uh that was a terrible joke that i was trying to run with but uh we're sticking with it well that's staying in and i'm making sure martin do not edit that part this is a note for future martin (laughs) so cosplay but yeah so it was very much a i'm gonna cosplay characters i enjoy i've never i think i've only done like one or two like for a friend essentially but i've still enjoyed it but like i'm like yeah this is fine um and i love the performance aspect and everything but 2020 there's been no cons i haven't had to cosplay and it always was very stressful like getting getting cosplays made in time or ordering them in time getting them right being character for like the convention stuff like that and having this break off it i also used to post like all the time on my cosplay page i used to be worried like crap i haven't posted this week oh we've got to do a shoot got to do this and not having anything to post during 2020 has been so therapeutic. I've gotten off. I was just like, it doesn't, who fucking cares? Like mm. I, I still enjoy it. And I think I would still, I'm still probably going to do it in the future when I move and like get back into everything. But I want to now, like now that I do 3D printing, I want to get into prop making and stuff like that. But also I want to just do my like regular acting stuff and kind of get people into that. But like, Hey, here's my acting stuff. Please check that out. Not just my cosplay, but having that break and not actually giving a crap what I post has been so incredible. So I think I'm kind of 
I, I don't know if it's going to change once I get back into it. Because if I, I'll probably move and go to a con again. I'm like, fuck, this is, I miss this so much. Mm. But right now, I'm kind of glad that there are no cons this year. I think I needed the break mentally, uh, financially as well. But like, it was just, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like con drama. Like you just get like stressed. People get tired. You get con flu. Like you can get a bit contentious with people sometimes, but also there's a lot of drama in the cosplay community that I stay out of, but I still hear of and still kind of get to see. There are shitty people who are like sexist or racist or like, Hey, you didn't do this right. Or, you know, stuff like that. And you have to kind of interact with them. Like I, I try to keep the peace even if I know somebody's like kind of shit where I'll like get out of it, but mm. I don't want to start a scene and cause other people uh, make other people uncomfortable. Not yeah. Like, Cause it can, it can like leak out and cause other people to be like, Hey, if they're like, Hey, I don't want to deal with this either. Can we just leave and everything? I'm like, I'm fine to do that. Minimize it and move. So it's, there's a lot of negativity in the cosplay community as well that I stay out of and stay away from those kind of people, but it's still, it still bleeds in. You still get people and you hear about it and you get other friends who are affected by it. And so having the break this year has been really nice. Yeah. yeah. I think I, uh, that's also like that thing. I haven't been to a supernova in years, which, mm. you know, sh- shows that good. I'm- it's yeah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> um, I, I miss it. Um, but I think, I think with like, you know, the, 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 the fun nature of like the nerd culture and everything do you think that it was also partially what got you into acting like that whole like when you were a kid did you want you know was it just attention or was it characters that you wanted to be on television no so that was actually very different um i i wrote i wrote this down at one point but basically for me originally acting was um it was a bit of an escape like i don't remember like straight from the start but i was like i'm interested in that i always loved performing and being like I do like the attention, but more in a way of I like bringing joy to people and entertaining people. Like that's all that's all I've wanted to ever do is entertain people. I like taking the enjoyment that I get out of content and media and creativity and letting other people experience that as well. So I think that was the first thing driving me in. But it was as a kid, it was a chance to be someone different because I was bullied a lot as a kid and. I couldn't really comprehend why I was like, what have I, what have I done? Why aren't I cool enough? Why don't people like me? So acting was an opportunity to be somebody else. It's like, Hey, well, I'm not him. Mm. So you should like me now. And people, they sort of did, but then as it, as it grew, it more became, Oh no, I actually enjoy this. Um, it took, it took a while to get there, but I, I enjoyed it and I like to entertain people, but you know, it, it got the classic. I became the only guy in my, I did private drama lessons. Um, at, uh, there was a teacher at my primary school, Jennifer. Um, she was incredible. She pushed me so hard and I, I really needed it. She saw a lot in me, but she also didn't let me get away with anything. She didn't like, she didn't accept if I didn't learn my lines or anything, she would get me in trouble. And I think I needed that because it taught me how to actually like take responsibility and it pushed me. It stopped me from being lazy during those times. So I really appreciate it. She was fantastic and she was, she was still kind and so loving, but she would be like, nah, if you screw up, like I'm going to tell you and you need to fix that and be better next time. And not in an aggressive way, but just be like, you know, better kind of thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But I became the only guy in those classes because all the guys classic, like, oh, it's gay to do drama. I'm like, you guys watch movies. There are male actors and they're like, what the fuck are you want about? And that never, yeah. that never got to me. And uh, then, oh no, it never, it never made sense to me. Sorry. And then, like, 
it got stuff like um, we did a modern version of Cinderella where she like forgets her phone and I played the fairy godmother, which was a fashion designer. And he was like a very camp fashion designer. Um, and I like told my nan and everything. And at the time I was like, oh, I'm playing a gay fashion designer. And she was like, oh no, I won't come if you do that. And she's, she's a lot, she's a lot less homophobic now. Don't worry. My brother's gay. And she was like, that's fine. So she's progressed, but <laughs> she, she's, she's not homophobic anymore, but she still doesn't want me to be an actor. So when I was, yeah, she would be like, oh, there's no money there. And I'm like, I'm like, I'd love to have money from it. I'd love to do it as a job where I can get money from it yeah. and be rich and like everything. But I'm not doing it for the money. I do it because it brings me so much joy. Like the, yeah. it's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do since I was five years old. I have no backup. If I don't become an actor, I'm fucked. <laughs> but yeah, she would say stuff like that. And I would just be like, it's not about that. And so as I got older, I, I would take a lot of the characters I found on shows that I love and everything. And I would replicate them. And I would just kind of, I'd turn that into me, but I, I, I wasn't like building it into myself. I was literally just projecting those characters. And then, I went through a pretty dark point in my life, was very depressed. And I kind of, after that, came out of it kind of like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I very much changed and I kind of took it in and was like, well, no, I, I still enjoy these characters and I still like taking those things. But be that's because I like them. Like, I like yeah. that aspect of their personality and I would like to emulate that, not to not for anybody else's benefit, but for mine. And if yeah. it benefits somebody, that's fantastic. So it then became, a, it came to a point of, no, I, this is something that really fuels and me and fills my cup and fills my heart. And if in turn, then it entertains other people, that's a bonus. And so the end goal is always entertaining other people, but it's similar as why I do my other podcasts. It's so there's like, we have like 15 listeners, but I don't give a shit because I enjoy it so much just having the ability to create something. Yeah. And it, it's the reason I dropped out of uni was I wasn't a fan of basically being like, oh, hey, you didn't do it the right way we told you to. Now you have to retake it and you got to do all these other things. You got to pay more. Like I would rather fail on my own and learn from that, but create content that I enjoy and I wanted to do than be told yeah. how to do it one certain way. I... I 100% agree with that. I think that's the exact same reason I do things. Mm. Um, like I remember saying to my mother last year and she like had this whole like sit down and be like, so one day, you know, I hope you want to buy a house. And I was like, I have no interest in buying a property. Yeah. And I'll fucking move every yeah, year yeah. if I have to. If I <laughs> sign a new lease, like fuck it. Like, that's yeah. Let's go. Um, and for me, it was never like, uh, you know, if I saved money, it would always go on something new that I could use to create something so it was always a, how do I do something? I can't sit still. Um, I get bored if I sit still. So, and I had this sort of like really kind of profound little bit of just, you know, pushing, pushing to keep doing things with the people I enjoy working with, mm. no matter where they are in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, the fact that you're going to Canada, I'm like, oh, we're going to do everything like online. We, exactly, we can still do stuff. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I think that that for me, it just goes to show that I can't stop. Like there's, there's, a, you know, I agree with you. There's some sort of drive. It's sort of like when you're a kid, it never really leaves you. And you just yeah. kind of what, like, what can I do next? What can I like? Exactly. Um, you know, I did acting until like I was about 20 and then I stopped doing it, but I still love it. Mm. Like I think it's like amazing, yeah. but I got interested in all these other things. And then I was just like, and then now, um, you know, with doing the Doctor Who things and stuff, I was like, I was thinking in the back of my head, God, I'm rusty. Um, <laughs> but I also just like had the biggest laugh because I was like, this is fun because I get to do this with people who are all on the same page. Exactly. Like, it's, and I think that's what makes 
you know, our community so good. And, you know, like, you know, yeah, my mom said the exact same thing as your aunt. There's no money in it. There's no profit. And I was like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, we don't do this because it's uh, beneficial mm. to, like... Our financial the, goals. Yeah. yeah. I would rather have pittance. Yeah. And, and like, you know, have fun, live, mm. a, live a happy life. Yeah. Um, you know, to be rich, stuck in a job I hate. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, D- David Harbour said pretty much exactly that. He plays Hopper on Stranger Things, and somebody went to a convention and asked him. They were like, "I follow them on Instagram." They were like, "Hey, well, like, who, what's your advice to people who want to get into this industry?" And he said, "Don't do it for this. Don't do it to get to Stranger Things." create content that you enjoy with people that you love. And in the end, you will have made something that you are proud of. And I completely agree because I've made, I did a Christmas sketch last year that I put on my YouTube channel and I, my, my roommates were out and I was like, fuck yeah, quickly. And I had like an hour and I like did it all and I rushed it. And it was like this stupid five minute sketch, which was super dumb and poorly acted. But I went to work the next day or the couple days after that. And I, felt so much more joy from that sketch than I had done in the four years I worked at that job. Like just making a stupid little thing like that brought me so much more joy. And that's what kind of, it kick, I, I, I do get very doubtful sometimes. I get a lot of anxiety about it, especially about the move. And I think like, oh, you know, what if I'm not good enough and everything? But in the end, I don't care because I created something that I enjoyed. And it kind of, it, it sparked that in me again where I was like, no, this like just doing something like that even was incredible. And like I judging going back to the whole impulse thing, if I was creating all the time, I would just be my cup would be full. I would yeah. be I would be in such a better place mentally and everything just if I could create all the goddamn time. Yeah, and I mean like that that I think is also why I'm always like, you know, this dumb idea I've written or you yeah. know, this like idea because I will you know, I work full time. Like, uh, so my life is between doing full-time work, you know, I'm doing a podcast, I'm doing like this and the other. I had an interview with someone yesterday to do another Doctor Who scene. Mm. And I remember him going, so what else do you do? And I was like, oh, I work full-time, I work doing... He was like, how do you have the time to do anything else? And I was like, like, I don't. I don't. (laughs) I don't have a life. This is my life. Yeah. Um, That happens to me. Like, I'm trying to replace going home and just watching TV with like going to the gym and stuff like that. But I'm so burnt out after work as well. Like, it's... So it's so hard to find that balance. So I'm trying to quit my second job soon. Once I hit a certain savings goal for the move, I'm going to quit my second job. And that de- that frees up one specific day I know I'll have for certain off my main job. And then I'll have, you know, a couple of days randomly here and there. But it means I can kind of start planning more creative things and like going to the gym and stuff like that. And But also it's a, it's that weird mix of I want to be a consumer because I enjoy consuming content and watching other people's content but I also want to spend all my time creating yeah. and so I'm trying to find that balance and, and there's definitely like shows that I've missed because I'm like I don't have the time exactly for it or um and then you know like obviously I'm in the same boat when I'm at work in particular when I got down periods I'll do a lot of time editing like editing podcasts or anything like anything like that but then when I'm home I generally like end up writing. So I do a whole bunch of writing here at, at my home and a lot of like shot planning. But I also, I made the mental decision this year because like last, you know, 2020 and 2019, like in my own life wasn't particularly great. So I was like, I've made the mental decision that even though um, to not focus on something that will burn me out, mm. do the smaller stuff because the, the long form stuff, 
fun as it is, sometimes burn you out exactly. fast because there's so much press. There's so much, yeah. Stuff. Um, so much pressure as well. Yeah. You want it because it's so big. There's so many little things you want to get right. So it's not even like, oh, we need to get this big thing right. It's just so many little things you need to yeah. get right that it builds up. And I feel like with, you know, the small Doctor Who stuff, because we get, you know, there's still a lot of prep. Mm. There's still a bunch of prep. Yeah. But we can do those in a day. Mm. And I think that's what makes them fun. Mm. Like they're very easy to do. They're very like low key. Yeah. But also when we do the bigger ones, we can kind of do that like through voice. Yeah. So that in itself kind of mm. burns out the expense. Yeah. Because I think it's always like, you know, when you're self-funding stuff, yeah. it's a huge stress because mm. things cost. And yeah. I love it when people go, like they'll they'll send you a script and or you'll read a script and they'll go, oh, but you'll work that out. And you're like, yeah, but that's an expense. Yeah. Like, and how much are you willing to invest as well? And yeah. they go, oh, I don't have the money or I can't afford it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, then that's getting cut. And they go, yeah. oh, but why? And it's like, well, it's we can't we, we can't afford it. Yeah. Like, like this is it's we're, we're just like doing this with a fucking handheld camera in our yeah. backyard. Like Yeah. So yeah. I think I think that like in that sense, um, you've got to always think logistically how mm. much you can do yeah. in in such a you know small amount of time. And I think, you know, I always tend to pick scenes that don't have a bin, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like don't have big sets or yeah. anything, like small stuff, except for that one scene where we're shooting, which has a library. Um, yes. And a book that opens. But I think like simplifying that to a really like nice area, I think the thing that I like saying is just like, Look, we'll do it, but the location will cost. I always have to make a compromise because yeah. you're like, what am I going to sacrifice? To make something better. Better. Yeah. And generally everyone on set will agree. Yeah. Because. They understand. They understand. The, the, the people in our group kind of understand. Yeah. You know, it's the divide of like creative thing of like, you want to be paid. You Yeah. But I think there's so much creativity that mm. is paid that is so bland. Mm. And the stuff that is unpaid or lower budget mm. tend to be the stuff where you really get to shine. Yeah. And like, that's why I like doing the small stuff. It's why I dislike long form stuff mm. now a lot more. Like I love watching bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Because they're so creative in what you can do with that time constraint or that time mm. limit. Well, I'm, I'm watching a show called Sanctuary right now, which is very good. And the original series was an eight episode web series on YouTube and like sci-fi picked it up. And most of the sets on that are all green screen. It still looks incredible, but like the budget was so low, um, but they still do so much with it. Like it's absolutely fantastic what they do. And then as the series went on, season two has got like a lot more budget and everything like yeah. that. But it was really incredible with what they did there. And then this thing, like you shoot with a day shoot, like you shoot in one day and then you're done. You're like, oh, cool. You feel accomplished. And so like kind of, um, I mean, I guess I can talk about that shoot I did recently, my, my acting gig. Cause that yeah. was like when you were saying like, when, you, when it's your project and your baby, you feel so much more about it and you feel so stressed about it. But when you're working on somebody else's, you can kind of take that backseat like, well, I'm just this one part. You still do your part, but you can kind of be like, well, I, don't, I'm, I didn't write this. I'm not directing it. You don't have to kind of stress about that thing. Mm. So like doing this paid shoot, I literally was just like a character and I just did what they wanted. And I was still a bit, I was, I was nervous because my first paid acting gig and I was like, are they going to like me? Do they good? And they said I was doing great. So... It was so it was about the Claremont killer, uh, Bradley Edwards. He recently got um, convicted finally in like September. Um, he killed, they got him for two counts of murder uh, of these women and they couldn't get him for a third because they never found the body, but he like, he definitely did it. Mm. Um, but yeah, so apparently I look a little bit like him at 19. 
Um, so they shot out a message to a couple people on Star Now, and I was like the first to respond because I was like, "Fuck yeah!" They're like paid, and I, it'll be out by the time this comes out. Definitely, it was, it's supposed to be coming out this week. It was a very quick one, but they were doing it. Um, uh, it's like a ninety-minute documentary or something, or like it's a one-episode documentary, and they're talking about the case and they have a lot of stuff. We, we were just doing shots where it was very much just moments and not full scenes because they didn't want to have to do you know like gratuitous violence and everything that was unnecessary. They still wanted to be very respectful of the nature of the events while still showing what happened. Mm. But the cool thing was like we shot at um, Parramatta Jail on the second day, and that was fucking incredible. Like that was really cool. But like I just got to be. The character, I didn't have to worry about camera. I didn't have to worry about story or anything. I didn't have to worry about directing. And I just got to do my part, which I felt I could do more because I was focused entirely on that. And it was just really kind of interesting to see everybody work together and do their full roles on like something a bit more professional in the sense of like this guy was an actual producer working for a company and he had he had instructions from higher ups. So it wasn't like, uh production where we do like a cool thing and we we, we have banter on the set but it was interesting to do it in a more way where it's like well it's got to be done this way because this is what somebody higher up has said there's no compromise we're doing this but they also have the budget for that like i i got an uber there both days and like oh yeah we'll chuck an extra hours pay on that to cover that because they could just do that so working on something where it's like they have a budget and they can just do whatever the hell they yeah, they they can do whatever, and they're like, yeah, we can shoot that, we can do this, uh, but we've got to do like these ones. It was very interesting to see compared to us going like, oh yeah, we can we can cheat that or work around that essentially. Mm. Um, and I, I still love both. I think I still prefer the passion projects, the no pay because it's passion project. Um, but I definitely enjoyed getting paid. That was very nice. Yeah. That was that was a very nice thing. But um, I definitely much more enjoy those passion projects because yeah. there's that passion behind it, and the higher up is probably the person right yeah. next to you. And I think it's like what I enjoy about them is, you know, and I say to most people when you get to any sort of set um, is like, I think it was like when we did the horror photo shoot, you and Maddie were like, oh, do you like this? Do you like this? And I was like, I remember thinking in the back of my head, are you guys happy with it? Because I'm happy with it. Like, I don't, I'm just letting you guys roll now. See, for me, I was, I was very much like, it's your shoot. Like, I know. I, I I feel like if because that's the thing you're saying like oh we're all in this together I'm like yes but you all gonna I like I wanna you're taking the photos so like what do you yeah. want kind of thing I and I I think there's like a little bit of kind of like I asked that as an initial just like you know what are you guys thinking what are you feeling what yeah you, you know? but I, because of my nature I'm like I get once I get a decision. I just like is based on everyone's feedback, and mm-hmm. then I go, okay, well, that's the direction. It's that's going. the direction. Yeah. But it, but it's very unlike most directors where they get they go and they're just like, it's got to be like this, yeah, and it's set in stone, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, no. Yeah. Well, I was like, I'm glad I brought the fangs because yeah, like, oh. that well, that turned it such a different direction that I thought it was ever gonna go. Like, and I loved that. Yeah. Like, the photos came out. Oh, so gorgeous! Good. I gotta post more of them. But yeah, like the photos oh. came out fantastic, and it was just yeah, I I, I very much am like a whole. Because I, I want to do, like, as, like, the acting portion and everything, I'm like, well, you know, you're directing me. I want to listen to your thing. And I'll, I'll put out suggestions, but I'm very much, like, I'm ha- happy to create the other person's vision. Yeah. Because this wasn't my initial idea. So I'm happy to put in ideas. But if it was, like, I was the one with the initial idea, I'd be like, no, I will. Or like, yeah, we can try those. But overall, I would be like, I want this as the main thing. Like, I know I would have a full set out goal of what I wanted. And yeah. I'm more than happy to accept anything more coming in. But that's when I knew I would like, I would want to take more charge. So like as when it's somebody else's project, 
I'm so happy to like sit back and be like, I will do whatever you say. But then as soon as I become director, I'm like, you all need to listen to me right fucking now. Like I need to find that balance of like, probably like working a bit more with everyone as the actor and be like putting in ideas and be like, let's try yeah. this. But as a director, I need to also be like, I don't, it's it's hard because like some things you need to be like some because some people can be crap like we're lucky that we have such a good group of people yeah who, we do who we're, like who are f- respectful of each other know what they want are like hey let's try this always like down to try things but you could also get somebody who's like shit like I I, I did a uni project recently and they were telling me stories about this guy that they went to school with who were just like sucked they had to always be like no you like come on like get on top they were basically running his projects for him because he was like terrible at organizing anything but he also was like no it needs to be done this way and anything was done different he'll get so mad Mm. so it was like you could possibly work with people like that i think we're just very lucky i'm getting too much in my head about it we're very lucky that we have good friends like this yeah who are all happy to work together and do those kind of projects and like yeah fuck it sure let's try it we haven't run into anyone yet who's been like no like it just who's difficult yeah i think i think like i'm one of those directors that like and i know i piss people off because i'm one of those directors <laughs> but i i i tend to like shots are not i know how a sequence always edits and i know how a sequence paces hmm. but in terms of shots it's a lost cause yeah um so one of my good friends that comes and shoots uh shoots uh the doctor stuff with me quite regularly a wonderful guy called drew bontoft and he is amazing but every time like we've worked together since we were in tafe Mm. uh, since 2013 and i like you know think that he must think i'm like the most balmy like director because he thinks i'm very creative and he he knows that but it's like chaos when you get to set because this you know this director goes so i want this but and then he's like okay so where are the actors standing so i can get these shots oh shit yeah yeah i'm just like there are actors in this this? (laughs) i was just on my own like um so i feel like you know pacing wise it's always kind of like you know you're just kind of balancing it and Mm. Uh, you know, we had the Helensburg shoot, and I remember we had five extras. It grew from like two ghosts to five. Yeah, and I was like, "That's my kind of amazement." I was like, "Oh," because I had so many people want to be a ghost. I was like, "I can get like five ghosts." Yes, fuck yeah, yeah. Um, and we had Craig on set, and like ever, you did. I think the funniest thing was we were all kind of like, "Which tunnel looks better?" Because we had two tunnels. Mm. One was like drenched in rain, had like moss growing out of the rails mm. and everything. It looked so cool. It was like the old glowworm tunnel. It didn't have an end. Yeah. And the other tunnel was like this, just like dirty, normal, esque, tunnel. like yeah. <laughs> normal tunnel. We were like, eh. um, and everyone looked at that and it was like, "Nah, the rain tunnel." And then everyone kind of went, "We can deal with a, like the wet. Yeah. Like we'll just we're we've fine got with boots. That. Yeah. Like we're we're good." And it was the funnest shoot because everyone who's watched this little scene since has gone, holy crap, you guys like did a proper thing. Mm. But it it cost me like probably, it was fairly pricey, but it wasn't like outrageously pricey. It was mostly just food and location cost. But location cost, cost the ch- like the cheapest location it ever got. Did you have to pay to film there? Yeah, yeah. So we, because it was Crown Land, it oh, was like, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. actual physical, you had to pay. Yeah. Um, so it was 500 bucks for the yeah. day. And I was like, but these people were like, oh, you know, 500 bucks for six hours. And when I arrived, they were just like, I'll take as long as you want. 
Like, and it was so nice because they were so friendly. Yeah. And they were just kind of chilling out all day. And I was like, do you want me to get you coffee and anything? They're like, nah, don't worry. Like, you guys look like you're having fun and, Mm. you know, have a blast. So it was the coolest day. It's good when you have, yeah, like that kind of connection there. Yeah. But I I mean, like on that day as well, it was very much like everyone threw out an idea of Mm. how these kind of like things would um, happen Mm. and how the pace of the scene might go as well. And I had this sequence in my head and I kind of like did it like a small shoot in a park so i could kind of like pace it out and show through how i imagined it done mm. and it turned close to not like identical mm. but i loved what came out because yeah. it was so like it was probably the first time as well that i'd gone to any set and i was like this is so close to kind of like the insanity of my brain yeah that i like you know i've actually done a little bit of prep and mm. i've gone this is cool mm. so I'm, I'm excited to you know do more of that but yeah i do agree with you like with directing it's kind of like you do kind of want everyone to listen to you, but I'm also one of those people who just goes, give me feedback, people. Yeah. Like, tell me what's wrong with it because I'm such a notorious person to love feedback. Mm. I, I love harsh criticism. I love brutal honesty Yeah, because it never hurts me in terms of creative. I you're like, go, I'd rather people like because you're you're doing this for other people to watch as yeah. well. So you want to hear what the people who are going to watch it say. If they're like, this isn't going to work, you're like, I'm going to trust you because you're the ones watching this as yeah. well. Yeah. And that's why I can never work with people who go like who write a script or send me anything. And I've worked with people like this in the past where they go, don't change anything. Yeah. And you're like, but it why doesn't work. Why did you send wo- it to me then? Well, yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't work. What you write on a script does not translate to film. Yeah. Because no matter what you write, it, it goes through changes mm. and it, th- what you end up, even the editing changes like the pace of a scene. Yeah. So it's like these little things that people go, I've got set in stone. I'm like, you could never set anything, anything in stone. stone. Exactly. Um, so there's a, like, as an, you know, a creative as well, do you feel like there's a huge, like, obviously you and I are very, you know. <laughs> very what, Martin? Say uh, What are you going to say? Boisterous people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the polite term. Yes. Uh, but we're not, like, we're, we're quite easy to work with. And I don't think either of us a very, like, assholeish nature. No, I feel like we're very much like we know what ideas we have and we want. And we're like, we, but we're more like a, we have this idea. We would really love to try it. Please let us try it. Please, please, please let us try it. Yeah. But we're fine. Like I with that uni project I did, they were like, hey, before we did, they're like, come up with any ideas you have for little fun scenes, for little like, you know, just shots that we can maybe work in there. And I'm, I'm not allowed to show it yet because they're putting it in a festival and they're releasing a slightly longer version. Once it's out, I'll be able to like show everyone it. But one of my, my one joke, I came up with one joke and that made it into the final cut. And I was like so happy because I was like, if you do not want to shoot this, if you hate it, literally tell me and that is totally fine. I was just like, hey, I find this funny if you'd like to try it. And I ended up making it into the final cut. And I was like, oh, oh, so I was so elated. I was like something that I created for somebody else's project as well. Like something that I suggested for somebody else's project, they appreciated my yeah, yeah, comedy yeah. or like my idea so much that they wanted to put in their final project. That That's like such the biggest compliment as a creative to be like, hey, this isn't, like when you give advice or ideas for a project that isn't yours and they take that and use that, you're like, oh my God, people are like, it's such a validating experience. And I feel like this is, the thing with me is these are like, this paid one, your stuff and everything. These are like the first things I've worked on with other people essentially where um, either I'm not the main per- like director or anything like that or like anything like that because every every project i've done like ghouligans and stuff like that which i'm redoing when i was at Parramatta, i reshot some stuff for ghouligans as like a little teaser to redo because i want to pick that up again but everything is written by me everything's directed by me most of it is shot by me unless i'm in the scene and i just get somebody to be like hey just hold the camera and do this essentially it's all 
planned out my me, but mostly because the people I do like Gooligans with, they're not actors and haven't done that experience. So it's like, that's fine. But these are the first projects I've done where other people like know what they're doing and have their own roles. So it was very interesting, like the, on the uh, paid shoot, they had a, like a, a cameraman. They've done, they've done tons of these. These, these guys are contracted out to multiple different um, yeah. TV channels and they do a lot of different stars. This is for Sky News doco. They've done like actual TV shows. Uh, the camera he used was fucking gorgeous, but like he knew what he was doing and he had his thing. I didn't have to be like, okay, I want you there doing this. So it was such like a, this is my first time working with other people where I don't have to do everything. And I was always fine to do everything, but it was more just because I was the only person who was either, I was the main creator who wanted to do this. And my friends were like, I will do that with you. I enjoy your company. Let's do that. Or they just didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. So this is the, these are the first projects I've ever worked on really where other people are full creatives and know what they're doing. And we can share the load kind of thing. And it's such a freeing feeling to be like, oh, I can I can suggest things and want to work, but I don't have to, I don't have to take on that responsibility. It is yeah. spread out between everyone. I think that's great as well. Like, you know, because knowing what that's like mm. and knowing when you take every load of everything. Um, like I obviously edit these as well, and you know, there's a lot of like work in that. Mm. But in saying that, I'm so glad with the Doctor Who projects, like you know the most the best thing was when we released day of the doctor mm. and before then i hadn't you know that had sitting on my hard drive for three years no joke it had God sat damn. on a hard drive for three years and only got re- released in july and uh i was remember sitting there and and almost just going i hate this project like yeah. i absolutely it was like the doctor who projects at the time i was like i never want to touch them again yeah which is very ironic now <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> we're making- we have like 18 new things to do now <laughs> yeah, I know. um but i remember it came from a very dark period in my life where mm. i was like very unhappy and i wanted an outlet so i made this thing in a park with a couple of acting friends and i had no vfx skills none and my partner at the time was going to do vfx for me and then i think it was like a f- couple of months later we broke up mm. and i was like i'm not gonna ask you anymore like this is just gonna waste away in the way of time yeah, yeah um but i sent out like rough drafts and then i met a friend like a few years later who decided to help me out and do that and just like do some special effects for it and i was like thank you that's amazing um and the same with like i sent it off to a friend who was doing composing for me and she composed this, you know, I was like, hey, do you mind composing like a soundtrack? I remember you telling me that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she composed the soundtrack um, and she's amazing and sent it back to me. I was just like, when the VFX and sound effects and, and someone in the UK designed the title credits as well, like this guy called Angus designed the title credits. He's an amazing um, uh, 3D uh, designer. He is awesome. Go and check out his YouTube channel. Um, and I think it's War- Warus the Matrix um it's so cool um and yeah he does all these awesome like intro things and i sent him an email ages ago i was like hey do you mind doing this he was like yeah sure send me like these high-res files and i've got my own intro with like every actor's name on it and i was like holy crap this just like so epic and i sent it online and then instantly it has like 30 comments now i don't care like it's got eleven thousand views i don't care how many views it would end up getting but i remember just sitting there just going people like this yeah and then i was like you know sent it off and then you know it was shortly after that i got you involved and um maddie and stuff but i remember just going i did not expect like even you know to a degree to get like bryn and ryan and Mm. you know like 
on board to and have then, the project like, that we have, now have yeah and just have like people want to do more mm. and then you know and having to kind of just be like we're doing many scenes we're not doing full episodes but the fact that we can do full episodes on audio yeah. still blows me away yeah like, the like, fact that we can just record stuff like and people and, are willing to yeah and, yeah. On, and like big finish which i love big finish because they you know i think audio voice acting is like flawless mm. um there's something about voices then i would love to do voice acting i would love to do voice yeah. acting it's actually like if i were to get back into acting it'd be voice acting yeah because one of my favorite things to do uh, is sit behind a microphone and just do silly voices it's great yeah. um but i think also like that gives us the opportunity to do so much big stuff yeah like big stories big everything and i'm just so excited for like to, and i said said this to people i was like i can't wait to be t- you know in 20 years time still be doing stuff like this yeah it doesn't matter where i'm in the world i could be in the uk i could be in canada i could be in america i love the fact that i get to still sit in my like living room and do and just create and create yeah and so you know there's this sense of like a child enjoyment whether it's paid mm. or not as you were saying with yeah. like you know everyone has their roles but it's that sense of just like excitement kind mm. of like brings up again um and i mean with you talking about like the fact that you had a downward spiral in your life mm. um you know do you think that came from like just the fact of lack of creating or just being not comfortable within like not working everything out no so like it all it went like the major depressive episode first of all that was a whole bunch of other stuff which probably too dark for the podcast but mm-hmm. like life things happening and it had really nothing to do with creating but um definitely like one of the things that brought me out was spider-man essentially and comics mm. i went and i read uh, spider-man rain which is the famous comic where peter apparently kills mj with his radioactive sperm uh which everyone most people that's an actual comic yeah no it's not actual it's just he says like all his he says like everything about him was radioactive like his fluids and loving her and everything but like also they would have like kissed but just being around him caused her to get cancer and die essentially because he was full of radiation from the spider essentially so he didn't like basically it's set when peter's older that's not the point but i read that and it got me back into comics and spider-man kind of brought me out of a dark time and taught me that you know it's that famous quote where anybody can win the fight when the odds are easy it's when the going gets tough when you know when it really matters that's when it really matters essentially so that kind of pulled me out of a dark time and that's why i have such a connection to spider-man he you know big role model for me but what i would say creative wise like after i graduated i was like i'm gonna give myself a year off i'm gonna like start uni like work and everything i'll give myself a bit of time to just chill and i just got lazy and stopped creating and things like that and i had uh, and then it got to a point where i was like okay now i want to i finally tried to push myself start creating and my friend liam who i did my original podcast with which never really took off it was it it had its problems um (laughs) but he was like i was like i want to do a podcast he's like cool let's film tomorrow let's do it i'll come over we'll record and like oh shit okay cool yeah so he came over and he he really pushed me and he still does like i i go skating with him and do the gym with him and he pushes me he's like hey when are you coming skating like let's go skating are you gonna like you're gonna do this like when he gets there he's like i want you to do this like he's very good at pushing me out of my comfort zone or pushing me where he knows my comfort zone is but i'm just too scared to go and so i've i i get real big dips but now i'm starting to really want to push myself and get creative so with this podcast doing these things applying for more acting gigs and stuff like that i'm finally kind of back at a point where i'm like no i really want to push this and about like going back to the whole me being the only creator and doing everything you yeah you were talking about like getting uh sound and visual effects and stuff like that i have such an anxiety of people either not enjoying my content or enjoying me 
but also like not being able to pay them and stuff like that. Like I, I have such an anxiety of people not wanting to, that they don't enjoy my projects. Like I was so shocked when I asked Liam and my other friend Rob, I was like, hey, do you want to do this ghost hunting parody show with me? And they're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm really keen for that. I was like, so shocked that people, uh, yeah, I, 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 I struggle with some self-worth stuff and some anxiety. So it was a very, especially with my creative stuff, pretty much mostly with my creative stuff, it was very shocking to me that people were like, this is a, uh, this is a concept that I like. And I like your style of humor. I like your comedy. And I want to I wanna help you with that. Like, it's very shocking when people enjoy my content and want to also be a part of it. That was yeah. so, like, I definitely struggle with that. So like, ask, I have so many projects I want to do that would take like so much effort or like not even like a ton of effort, but like it would need certain skills that I don't have. And I'm so scared to ask other people to help because I don't want to inconvenience them. Yeah. I don't want to put them into a project that is my passion project that they know have no feel for. And I also want to, if I can, be able to pay them. That's the other thing. Like as much as I get, there's a lot of stuff that's unpaid content. I want to do as much as I can to like pay people if I can or do the right thing essentially. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, well, obviously I'm going to feed people. That's the thing. It's like, I feel like as creatives, when we we know what it likes and what it's like and how much it sucks to be un do unpaid gigs. But we also, since we're unpaid, we don't have the money to pay other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's good to find other people with that passion. But I have so much anxiety of even just asking if people want to join and they may possibly have that passion. But I don't know. I'm so scared to ask and yeah. even just get a rejection of like, no, because it will just be like, oh God, it'll be such a blow to me. I think, I think with like, you know, it it's it's also like with the photo shoot idea that you suggested like we so the next two concepts actually came from you which is like the christmas one oh god they did and, <laughs> and the wedding one we're doing and i remember i think it was like the pure enjoyment that i didn't have to think of a concept for once <laughs> and like lachlan threw out two concepts which we're just rolling with. I was just shooting the shit. I was just like, oh, it'd be cool to do that. And everyone's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, you know, we get to, we get to do a wedding shoot and it's a horror wedding shoot. And then in December, we're doing a Christmas shoot. Whenever which, that happens. Whenever yeah. that happens. Whatever we do. We haven't even decided what we're doing. I think it's just going to be a fun Christmas shoot. Yeah. Right? I, think, I think it was like, it, it had to be you, me and Maddie, um, in Christmas outfits. Yeah, I think it was literally just a fun... Like, I think that one was going to be an actual positive one, no horror spin. Yeah, it was, like, it was like, let's just do a fun actual Christmas shoot. I think it was because um, we wanted something uplifting. Yeah, we haven't we haven't fleshed that one out. We fleshed out a bit of the horror um, wedding. wedding a little bit, but also I feel like a lot of it is just going to be on the day what feels right as well. Hmm. Like, because the, the whole concept is just like, it's a wedding, there's some blood. There's no real story yet, but there could be. Yeah, and I, I, and I like that element because we're shooting in a, a cemetery as well. Mm. There's a whole like church vibe, and there's a yeah. whole cemetery vibe, and it should be out before we well, yeah. yeah before this because yeah. like oh, yeah. yeah because like my my idea was playing it completely deadpan like we don't even notice the blood and everything appearing like it's a completely like normal wedding but yeah. we're just then drenched in blood like nobody's acknowledging the fact that we're just fucking soaked in blood yeah which I, I think would be fun. I, I think that's so much fun and um it's unfortunate because maddie couldn't join us for this shoot yeah. and she's actually said in the she was like i'm so sorry and i was like you're busy i can't fault you for the fact that like a well, didn't we change the date for somebody else yeah we did no no so we changed that we we changed the date because we were hoping it would work for everyone yeah and then we stuck with the new date yeah. but the old date wouldn't have worked anyway i think there was like the hoobity contentions for yeah it. i think so the new date works out better anyway yeah, yeah i think it was like someone couldn't ma else couldn't make it anyway yeah. so grace who i worked with before who did the jason that 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's, I've never she, met her, but I've seen. I know her face. So cool. I love Grace. Um, and uh, I'm so excited for her to come and do this. And I think it's just like you know the kind of vibe that Aaron kind of gets is you just you know cause she does producing, she's done comedy and stuff. Mm. Um, and I think it's really nice because you get these sort of like people who are just so like mellow mm. and very down to earth and everyone kind of just doing this insanity yeah. that because we all like we all like weird stuff mm. so it's it's very natural and you know i i think what sophia loves to do is like dress us up and yeah. like she was texting me the other day saying i've got the blood i've got like this one liter <laughs> of blood and i'm so i'm so excited to like bring it out and, and yeah that's gonna be so much um, fun but no these were they were all created by you so it was like you know that's kind of the thing don't say that that's freaking me out man like I, it's great I, I forgot that they were created by me so they, they, you know your ideas do influence um a lot people uh, perceive me people have a perception i don't mm, not a fan of that i i, I, ooh, <laughs> I don't like that <laughs> i think it's also like um lachlan has influenced a lot of like you know direction of a little bit of things that I've done now, which I enjoy thoroughly. Um, have I? What have I, you what have have I influenced? You've also influenced how the Jenga trailer is going to follow. Am I? Yeah. Because you would like, gave me that great, like, uh, you know, this is how the last bit of dialogue. Or was like, the, yeah, yeah, like really yeah. aggressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's like little things that I'm very excited to kind of like do. Okay. Okay. And um, like with all these things and all these, you know, directions uh, that you've taken, it's, it's, do you feel like it's nice to be kind of like, I guess acknowledge a little bit more that your kind of like input is, I guess validated. Oh, absolutely! Or... Like, like I said, a lot of my anxieties comes from my creative side. So, like, being it's all about validation for me. But like, not in a way where it's like I need validation. It's like it's just nice, and it's more that validation helps build my self worth, kind of thing. So, like, hearing that I've influenced things, but and you've enjoyed it and you've liked it and you've rolled with that. That's such a like, but I feel like that's for any creative. Like, like I said, like hearing that something you have inputted that you're not the uh, like yeah. main creator on, you're not the lead creator. Hearing that you've gone, hey, I, I here's a suggestion, and they've taken that on, enjoyed it, and put it in there. That's such a validating experience. Like that is really incredible, and I I, I think. Where it's really different for us because we ha now have so many different mediums with like YouTube and podcasts and stuff like that, that a lot of act like big actors now, like you would say, like Brad Pitt and stuff didn't yeah. have back in the day that we, it's very hard to look back and take advice from their kind of starting off point and where they're like, oh, I started off here. That doesn't exist anymore. It's so yeah. different. And also a lot of people acting is such a bigger market now. A lot of people want it more. People are pushing out more content. People are individually doing content on YouTube and things like that. There are a lot of smaller productions, huge, big productions, productions that fail and things like that. There's so many, it's so much bigger than it used to be that I feel like we're in a kind of a reset point where we can't really, it's very hard to look back and take advice from current big name actors because that stuff doesn't exist anymore. It's a lot different where we have to now go, well, do I try to do it on, do I try to make my start on YouTube? Do I try to make a podcast? Like, what do I do to get that start? What's right? What's wrong kind of thing. So yeah. it's, it's very much, I feel like we're very different that like receiving that validation kind of helps keep your level and go like, no matter what, I'll, I'll get there in the end kind yeah. of thing. I'll make it. So hearing stuff like that, as much like I'm still, I'm still so fucking stressed and like nervous about the move and everything. And it's such a big risk and I'm so terrified, but like so excited. Yeah. But hearing the little things, those little validations really solidifies the, that choice in my head of this is the right idea. This yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. got to do. Um, 
I mean, also, like you mentioned social media and how everything like we see on social media, mm. like we grew up with it. So mm. it was like social media was so in our face. Do you mm. feel like that's also been kind of like uh, talked about with validation and everything, kind of a big thing that plays into your anxiety as well? <sighs> Semi, so- yeah, I would say sort of because like we're, we're part of a generation where we grew up with like, I grew up with VHS and floppy disks and stuff like that. Like I still grew up with like 90 stuff, but then I remember getting my first smartphone during my like like puberty and like as a kid and everything like like i grew it was such a boom in technology we're in that we're in that age where we grew up with all that like before stuff and then that boom of technology and that was still in that period of time where we were growing up Mm. where we were still accepting all that knowledge and stuff so like i always hate because i um i don't know how much i can reveal about work but I, i work with phones i work with tech for one of my jobs i'll just say that and i have so many people being like oh but you grew up with that i'm like yes but somebody still had to teach me i didn't just hop on a computer at three years old and go yes i know how to do what i'm doing like somebody still had to teach me what to do and i picked up little things because the thing i realized working that job is anybody over 35 has no problem solving skills has no basic problem because they'll come in and be like what did i do and i'm like press the air like read they don't they don't have any reading comprehension they'll, they'll get a text and be like what does it say and i'm like do you, can you not read like do you need me to do you would you want to pay me to be a linguist and like read your text for you because what the fuck like read what it says so like yeah. we, we get a and it frustrates me so much because they just they're so scared to do anything and i'm like just have basic reading comprehension it's literally a yes or no question I'm like do you want to turn on your torch and i'll be like yes or no and they're like what does it say and i'm like read just just, just click something or they'll be like i changed the language i'm like you needed to get through 13 different goddamn like menus to get to this page on this app i don't know how the fuck you manage that so like I'm so I'm always annoyed when they go, oh yeah, you grew up with this and all this kind of stuff. I, this is kind of sidetracking from the main point, but I just want to get this out there. No, 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 um, I agree though. Yeah, because it's like no, somebody still had to teach us, but also we just fucking we just kind of like it's it's pretty basic shit. Like you read, you just read. It's yes or no. There's an X. There's a minimize. Like fuck. So I get annoyed with that, but also like I said with getting off Instagram, it's. So it's been so much better for my mental health to not have to post something cosplay related yeah. all the time. So like, and have you heard of um Quibi that just got shut down? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking hilarious. I listened to a podcast on Quibi, and it's the funniest shit ever. It's so because it was like it was bought and like run by like some like a bunch of people in the like seventies or something yeah. who were like trying to be like we know what the young people want. I I think it's also like the best thing about the platform was just the fact that you could either watch it vertically yeah. or horizontally. Yeah, but the vertically like you know was you know like full lovely shot horizontally was shit as fuck because you were just like yeah exactly it was it was also they weren't putting it on other platforms it had to be on your phone they were doing it like 10 minute episodes so they didn't have to pay certain rates to writers and they also were contracted here's the funniest thing they were contracting out writers for scripts and they were contracting out unheard of like new people who were writing who have no experience so they're writing pretty poor scripts and so they thought okay that's the problem. So they they ended up paying about a million dollars per script in the end for some things. Like that's legit, le- legit. They were paying out the ass for certain scripts for paying for better scripts. That wasn't the problem. It was the fact that they weren't paying people proper rates and money. They were stopping ad like certain ads to or like a certain amount to like mm. stop it from being certain. Yeah, like a, an amount to pay certain taxes and things like that at, only on phones. And also, they just were acting like they knew exactly what they're talking about because i think it was like gal godot she did a she went there to talk about it like talk to them about it and fucking completely just out of touch with reality one of the owners he was like oh i wonder if you'll do like will you do jane fonda exercise videos for us like the classic 80s like people jerking off to jane fonda 
exercise videos kind of thing. Just completely misogynistic, like a basic, like just some casual sexism out of touch comment. And I, I'm pretty sure it was Gal Gadot and she was just like, and just like left essentially. Like it was run by people who have no idea what they're doing. And my favorite thing is like, I saw, so the day it got announced that it was being canceled, I was, um, had to go to the doctors for something. And I, they had like the Today Show on there or something. And I think it was Rory Culkin, uh, one of the Culkin brothers, um, not Macaulay. I, I know how much you love Macaulay Culkin. I love Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin, please come on this podcast or my podcast, both podcasts, my podcast. I imagine if you came on this um, podcast. I would first. kill you. I would kill you so much. <laughs> I would end my, I would end you. But uh, no, Macaulay, why would you betray me like that? Come on, man. Um, but he was talking about his new show, yeah. Being on Quibi. And that was so funny because it literally got announced like six hours before that it was being canceled. And obviously this interview had been recorded a couple of days prior. You're it wasn't kidding. live. Yeah, so yeah. like Rory was like, yeah, yeah, it's coming out on Quibi. And then that morning Quibi was fucking shut down, which is also because uh, the like owners, apparently they um, said like, yeah, yeah, they poured a bunch into advertising. Or they took like a bunch of investments being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, and they were like in talks to put it on like Apple TV. Apparently, and the next day they shut it down. Wow. Like, so I'm thinking, I think it was dodgy as fuck. Like, yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. dodgy as fuck, but stuff like that. And then you got like, um, you got fucking Instagram uh, TV. That I hate that. Like, that was so annoying to me because also Instagram, it was them trying to be like, hey, here's another app you can use because their built in video stuff is terrible because you can, you see the time once when it first starts, you can't rewind unless it's an igtv video yeah you can't know where you are in the video you don't know how long is left because the the timing only shows for a fucking half a second at the start it's such a terrible platform for watching yeah, yeah. video long form videos on like a minute long and they, they and they finally introduced reels which is like cool like i'm fine with tiktok and stuff and like reels that's like a good idea for people wanting to put out short form comedy like that but they just try to push their igtv stuff and it was so shit like it was such yeah. a bad idea and so that social media stuff like you got YouTube, which is a great opportunity, but then YouTube is taking advantage of creators and stuff like that. And if you're not producing family-friendly content, they'll demonetize you and stuff like that. Like YouTube's scummy as fuck, but there's nothing else there. And it's just kind of like, I want to, I love the idea of being able to create and put something out instantly and have people see it without having to go through a producer or like anything like that. Like you can create your own content nowadays and it's done. Like the po oh, I do the podcast, I make my own shit. And I'm not trying to make money off that. For people who are trying to make it their livelihood, it's so difficult and it also can, it can be make or break. It could not work at all. Yeah. And also like, also they could be like, oh, we have a YouTube channel. That's not really what we're looking for. You could possibly miss out on opportunities because they're like, oh, we've seen your YouTube channel or like you already have that standing kind of thing. Like there's yeah. a lot of so many little different things that it's such a, uh, such a great opportunity and such a risk at the same time. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. And then it's just, <sighs> it's tough. It's tough. It's tough to decide. Cause I want it. Like I want to create now and a youtube is a great opportunity and again i don't expect to make money off it but also then it could be like it, it, like somebody may see that and they'll be like well that's your style like no i'm like no that's this very specifically curated style i have much more yeah to get. I, like that, that my youtube channel is mostly comedy stuff and i want to do some serious stuff but like mostly i do comedy stuff and it's like i don't want you to just see that and be like you can't do serious stuff yeah i think it's like you know the the consensus of like stuff that i do like instagram my instagram is like photos and then i got my other one which you know i post random shit on. yeah exactly but I, I mean like um you know the one that i do photography on it's now because i've got much more concept shoots i still get a lot of people who've like dropped because it's not landscape or something yeah and it's really interesting because you know 
you know, people talk about portfolios and stuff. And I'm mm. like, I'd rather people know that I have a huge spectrum mm. of interests rather than specific interests. Mm. Like that, you know, I only do landscape. I yes. only do portrait. Yeah, like, I, I only, can do anything. Like, I could literally do anything and I'm like fine with it. If you're going to pay me, I'll fucking shoot it. Like, yeah, yeah like, um, yeah. But I, I do think that we, you know, social media is, you know, it's like the thing that I think uh is just kind of like you know i don't i do watch a lot of videos on facebook and stuff Mm. but i and i do get a lot of my news source from there and it's true you do get a lot of like information from facebook Mm. but um i think with uh instagram and like as you talk about quibi and stuff i literally could not watch these like you know (laughs) and it's probably also why i haven't gone into tiktok not because i don't want to yeah it's because i know i'll go down a rabbit hole of like i i don't do a lot of tiktok but when i go on somebody will send me something and then it'll go to my feed and i'll scroll through and i'll be like and just keep going like oh fuck it's been half an hour and i'm like stuck here yeah it's it's sort of like one of those apps and i'm like "Mm, if i get it i'm doomed yeah um but you know i'd rather you know kind of like i have almost every platform Mm. so i have disney plus I have Amazon Prime, yeah. I have Netflix, and I have Stan. And I, st- I share three of those accounts. Disney Plus is the only one I don't share. Mm. And I watch Mandalorian. I can't wait till like, other shows come out, actually, that I want to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen any season two, so no spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. But it, the one thing I like about those kind of properties, and, you know, Disney's a conglomerate. <laughs> Disney is a massive conglomerate. They're a big boy, yeah. They're a big boy. Um, but they also link... I do miss the days where, you know, individualism came with smaller production houses. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it felt like back in the day, social media was small production houses. Like, you know, Instagram was a small mm, thing. Yeah. So it was like a personal thing. Everyone had an Instagram to show off nice photos and stuff and food. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a big thing. Now it's like this huge thing. Well, you that, can sell stuff on there. They did I that know. new, they did that new Instagram update that changed the UI. So I you know. have likes from the top right corner. I hate that. They, oh yeah. And that's the thing. They can't even sell that as like a, 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 like a good UI change. Like, oh, we changed the UI for you guys. It's like, no, that's a bad UI change. You can't even argue that anything about that is good yeah it's clearly you're trying to push the shop and i'm like i get i understand like because you're greedy fucking corporate scum but like (laughs) fuck you no and i think it changed back because my friend got an update on her phone and it went back to her so i think they updated it without saying anything because i i haven't checked yet but i got an update on for instagram and it literally said no information has been provided by the creator of the app because it's i think they were just trying to silently update and be like that never happened we never got any backlash but like that's like facebook um i hate it because like that's the thing. I love everybody having the opportunity to make whatever they want. But now there's just so much stuff. There's so many accounts where you can clearly tell people aren't doing it for the passion. They're doing it for the money because they'll make a video that just goes over a bit over 10 minutes long on YouTube to get that ad revenue. Yeah. Or they make Facebook like fake prank videos just to, that's clearly so badly acted, but just to get the, just to get the fucking like, you know, revenue yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Like I saw this one and it was this prank where they were all going to put like a bucket on this woman's head who was clearly an actor, but, and they all were then going to put buckets on their heads. And then when she took it off, she'd be like, Whoa, what happened? And they all got buckets. And like, Oh, it's a fun little harmless prank. There was literally, I'm not even fucking exaggerating four minutes of them. Like we're getting rid of like, Oh, like trying to put it on her head, but she keeps moving out of the way. Uh, and not right. And I was like, and it was just so much build up. And it was like that ruined, like if there was like a minute of that, maybe sure. But it just ruined, even though I knew it was fake, it ruined the kind of big reveal. And it's like, yeah, clearly yeah. they were just trying to fill the time quota to get that pay and it was just so many so many like there was this other guy he's like this british guy in america and he's like oh yeah and he was like you got to dig in it was like halloween he's like doing a prank he's like, you got to dig in this bowl dig in this bowl 
not even again not even exaggerating like 17 times he's like keep looking keep looking and i was like he was just trying to fill that fucking quota and i'm like i get it but also it just irks me as somebody who wants to i I don't want to be that guy that's like gatekeeping but it's also like you're clearly not really that passionate about actually creating content you're there to fill a market and take and abuse the market which is like look fair call fucking get that money where you can but i just hate seeing it like i i'm not a fan of seeing it it's and it's also like they clearly stuff like people like logan paul they clearly target young teens like you heard about the whole like logan paul his like um business uh thing you could pay for your, his business class oh i vaguely yes, yes, you, yes you pay like a bunch of stuff and he gave you tips on how to be like a, your own like boss youtube like it was like, like a, oh like, yes, yeah, yes yes yeah yes, like yes. be a youtuber and it was literally like like one of his advice was like oh yeah um don't pay photographers like get free photographers so like literally like i'll pay you an exposure bullshit which is like you fucking piece of shit yeah um, which like a, a, a different from creators being like clearly hey this is unpaid if you're not comfortable with that that's fine like it was like i'm only looking for unpaid photographers and you need to like push people to be like no i'll pay you an exposure that's completely different from creators being like understanding that something is unpaid and a passion project yeah, especially yeah. when you have so much money but it was like it was clearly targeting young teens young kids and abusing the market and everything it was just such a scummy thing to do and i just hate seeing that you could, like, those people are up there but youtube also puts them on that platform he's good for their market revenue mm. and so like that's why i i love seeing people who like they don't monetize on youtube but they go hey i have a patreon if you want to support me please consider it's like a dollar a month yeah. um and that means i don't put ads on my video like that is a really awesome way i really like stuff like that yeah because it's just taking it out of youtube's hands essentially which i agree with like i love they are the fact that youtube is there we can use it but they're also a big scummy company they, they are and I, I you know don't hurt me youtube because i have stuff on me yeah exactly <laughs> yeah please don't yeah don't don't but, take my um, shit down but also free speech yeah free speech yeah. and this is what the podcast is for <laughs> exactly um yeah. but yeah i do agree i think that you know social media is a is one a very useful product mm. no matter what we do but also a toxic one yeah and we've got it and people are dumb people, people are, are, dumb. are dumb and i think you've got to be smart about what you read you've got to be smart about what information you absorb and how you absorb that yeah because one thing i don't like is giving to like i don't like um capitalism i really hate capitalism same i hate I hate the way our society is structured around it. Mm-hmm. And I hate that the fact that, you, you know, most people are greedy. Like they're very greedy. Like, you know, kindness comes at a cost. Yeah. And I'm like, no, kindness should come at no cost. Mm. Like, it should be the bare minimum. It should be bare minimum of cost. Yeah. Uh, you know, food should also like, you know, depending on how your situation is, mm. shouldn't come at a cost. Yeah. But apparently it does because we like to put like money and taxes on everything. So we have these wonderful things called roads. People hate helping other people. Like, they really do. Like I, I, I know so many kind people, but then there's such a like, I feel like there's very few in between. There's like a really kind people or just really... They just hate the fact that it's like, oh, people are like, you know, on the dole and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, because they need help. Like, why are you so... You, the, your taxes are going towards that. You're paying taxes. That's what they're meant for. Like, yeah. that's why public transport should be free. First of all, like I'm gonna fucking say that right I, now. I think public transport, if it were to be paid for anything, mm-hmm. pay it further out of the city. Like you know, depending on where you are. Yeah. But you know, because I think Melbourne do it right. They had the free central area. Mm-hmm. The CBD is all free, yeah. and I agree with that. Yeah. Nothing should cost in terms of getting around the city. Yeah. Like and in- a main like yeah. hub essentially, yeah. But also even out like it should be cheaper even out in those other areas. Yes. Like they raised the uh, max open. They're like on Sunday it was, it was supposed to be like a dollar something, and then they raised it like yeah seven bucks. And it was like what the fuck during COVID? And it's like 
raising it isn't going to bring people out. No, it's, it's going gonna... to get more cars on the road again. Yeah, and yeah. then and and it's sort of like we're in this real big recession, um, you know, and <laughs> and the world is like this. You know, it's not just Australia; it's it's basically the world. But it, you know, it's just one of those conversations that no one wants to have mm-hmm. and no one wants to acknowledge. And I'm I get really sick of people just going you know, like, oh, the days, you know, the global warming didn't exist and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're morons. Like, yeah. sorry. Like, it was always there. It was always there. We're just finally talking and, about it. And yeah. And and I mean, just don't be an asshole to anyone. Like, be nice. Just, yeah. Accept I, I, one other of my people's favorite, opinions. Exactly. One of my favorite quotes is, you'll never regret being kind. And it's just, I had this at my, at my job, at my tech job. I had a lady come in and she she started off by saying something. I was like, oh, I was at this other store and everything. And she's like, oh, no, don't say that. Like, it's a bad thing. Because I was working at a different store during COVID while my store was shut. I was like, oh, no, I work at that store. And it's like, oh, they never helped me. But the last time I was there was about three years ago or something. And she was like, um, I knew who she was talking about. She was like talking about, she was like, yeah. And there was, he wasn't a white fella or something like that. And I knew she was talking about an old manager there who I never really met. But also like, because... Not a great. We only have white people at my store currently. Not in like we only hire white people. It just happened to only be white people. But I knew who it was. And she kind of like looked at me with that look of like, oh, you know, like, you know how they are. And I was like, don't look at me with your like white people agreeing with other white people on racism. I do not agree with you here. Yeah. Like, I know he was he was a bad manager. He wasn't a good he wasn't good at the job, but like has nothing to do with his race and everything. I was like, what the fuck? And then I somehow it came on to because it was during like big on the COVID and it was during like JobKeeper and stuff like that. And I was on JobKeeper for my second job, but she was going like, oh yeah, um, oh, I hate like, yeah, I don't think it's right that people should be, you know, back in my day, like the classic back in my, oh, day. Back, in like, my day. back in my day, you just went out there, got a job and did your best. I'm like, well, you see the problem is we can't really go out there because it's a fucking worldwide pandemic. And also there are no jobs because a lot of them are shut. Like I was like, so your two arguments there are completely refuted by the current state of the world. But also, uh, but I was also like, why don't you want to help people? Like, why do you want us you grew up so terrible like you hated that like nobody was like oh we did out there we did our best and we loved it like the recession back then was awful why do you want people to suffer why do you want people to suffer like you did you should be wanting people to have a better life than what you did so i'm like job keeper when they extended i was like fuck yes good like not even just for me but like people who need help like yeah yeah, just be kind to people fuck i i (laughs) this is like my biggest pet peeve and and i don't understand casual racism and and casual sexism i don't understand racism or sexism no. even non-casual, <laughs> non-casual. Yeah. but yeah. yes I, I i just but you know i i agree with you i'm yeah. not saying i yeah that, yeah, yeah. That full racism <laughs> I get, full racism, yeah but casual racism you might as well go full-blown <laughs> be really racist why make it casual just go straight for it uh, chuck on the, the nuts yeah. chuck on the swastika uh, but, chuck but on the I, mean, I mean like for me um I grew up with so many um, female friends and I grew up with like a lot of like, uh, and, you know, different ethnicities and, you know, some of my really close yeah. friends, um, like, uh, are definitely not white. They are definitely not white. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, you talk about different religions, you talk about different cultures and everything, mm-hmm. but, you know, you've all grown up in Australia. So you all kind of like know the Australian way. Yeah. And I think that's such a bullshit way. Mm-hmm. It's such a bullshit. Like I can go to any shop and be like, you know, how, you know, where was your family from? Like, um, and they were like, oh, I'm born here, but my parents are from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, you know, people will automatically on one side of their brain go, well, they're not Australian. Yeah. I'm like, like, well, the fact they're not fucking white. Yeah. Like, they're here. They live in the country. They're, they're Australian. Australian. We're such a multicultural country, yet so racist at the same time. <laughs> 
and it, it's, it's just it's it's but it's because of the fact that you know uh, like uh, you know a few years ago you remember in the early 2000s everyone hated the japanese mm. and then now it's everyone hates the muslims yeah it's and a I lot just, of islamophobia and i'm just like what the fuck like why <laughs> why i yeah that, I, I grew up with very like also like i would say my my dad is incredible like he ha- he's a buddhist and he's very much like not a, like he oh, he's, can I he's just a, say yeah. Buddhism is great. Yeah, <laughs> Buddhism is great, but like he he's also a very spiritual, like very loving and accepting of everyone kind of person. Like he's always been fantastic. My mum, there can be some casual like racism and stuff there and homophobia, definitely. But uh, we won't get into that. But like I I, I <laughs> yeah I grew up with like a lot of my friends were more women. More I would say because of drama and stuff. Like there was a lot more women in drama in like at, like drama when I did it. So like um i would say a majority of my friends were like women i have more women fr- now i'd say it's about 50 50 but i grew up with more women friends um i grew up like hanging out with my siblings older friends and stuff so i got a lot of that and then uh also like i went to a school that had like just a lot of people with different ethnicities and also the thing for me was my whole rule of thumb is like you know treat the classic treat others how you want to be treated i went to a catholic school not anymore but you know they, they had some some good philosophies jesus had some pretty cool some tight shit to say um but like treat others how you want to be treated so like i never got really i i understood like the power behind bullying people but i never got like don't i i, I never would want to do that because i don't want to hurt people like i've been hurt yeah. so i never got like like i never really understood racism as a kid because i was like they're just they're a person. Well, like, what the fuck? You yeah, want to know? They, they, they're a person. Like, what the fuck you want to know? I mean, it's just racism. Like, you just you don't like people from other places. I don't get it. It's I, so strange. It's like, do you like? It's like your neighbor. Like, it's like, well, he doesn't live in my house, so he's a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> what? Where's the logic there? I think it's like you know, this is like what we were saying about the whole like biphobia and all this stuff. Yeah. People just wanna hate something, mm-hmm. and it's. <laughs> Like, and it's so uninformed as well. Like yeah. I had a customer come in and they were like going on about our customer service. Our customer service is pretty much mostly overseas in like uh, Manila and India and stuff, which is like yeah. one, because it's cheaper. Um, So capitalism, you can, it's like people go and it's like, you can thank capitalism for that. They're like, I want an Aussie company. It's like, we are an, like, our company is owned It'd be by- so much yeah. more expensive. Exactly. So much more expensive. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. Like a lot of the older people, they're like, oh, we want an Aussie company. It's like, they don't give a shit about you. They're here for profit. They're a company. They want profits. They don't care. They're like, I'm going to leave. It's like, good. They don't care because we'll get 10 other people in today. Like they don't care about you. They only care about profits. And I don't get what people, I don't get how people don't understand that. Like I, I don't like it, but I completely get it. I'm like, oh yeah, they're here for profits. And I can understand that in a way where I can just go, I can separate it then and go, yeah. whatever it is they're doing, it's for profits, yeah. which I understand because they're a business and it sucks, but that's how it is. And people come in like, yeah, I want an Aussie company. It's like our company, they, like you're, they go, you're an Aussie company. You got like people overseas. It's like our company is owned by a company in Singapore. Like we're, yeah. not, we're, te- we're actually not an Aussie company. And then also I had a customer, they go like, they always complain about calling customer care and complain about them not speaking English because they were like, um, and they're like, oh, and I can't speak uh, two languages. And I felt like being like, oh, that's good because they can speak multiple languages, English being one of them. Like they, every customer person, uh, rep person I've talked to, they all speak English fine. Literally, there's no, the only problem I've had is sometimes the accent's very thick and I struggle sometimes to understand it just because mm. it's also over a fucking shitty phone that we have to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the accent, but I still try and they're fine and they speak perfect english in the sense of they get everything right fucking verbs now and adverbs all the like conjunctions and everything like that they're like they speak the language fine the only difference is they have an accent yeah 99 percent of the time i can understand sometimes i just can't and i just have to go like try again hey can you please repeat that like 
there's no problem with that. That's other people have accents. Like that's just a fucking fact of life. You have to deal. With. They speak, and I'm like, they speak more languages than you. They're the only people that can help, and you're being a fucking dickhead. <laughs> I think it's also like, uh, you know, it just makes me mad because as you know, English speakers and you know, white men, mm. so are privileged, so privileged. We are so fucking privileged. Yeah, and you and I are aware of that. Oh god, yeah. Like, but I think most fucking people are not and you just go i uh-huh. please let me let me understand why you're a fucking asshole like you know because the it's like it's like the fact i you know whenever i meet anyone new especially like uh girls uh you know whenever i go like you know kind of at that moment i'm just like oh you know you know i like you you like me kind of like thing but i know that's growing up you know like you know that whole idea of um uh put yourself in their shoes mm. like i understand you know when i'm walking home alone at night and i'm on my own mm. and a girl is walking on the opposite side of the, side of the road i'm like i'm gonna leave her alone yeah because i'm not gonna make eye contact with her because one that's gonna make her fucking uncomfortable exactly like that's gonna put her on edge exactly so the, the last thing she wanted to do is have someone walk near her so go and walk on the other side of the road to avoid her or stay on your side of the road if she's on the opposite exactly but some people just go i don't understand why i'm like yeah. so intimidated i'm like because you're a fucking huge man like yeah like it's like they don't know you like you know you you know you're not going to assault people they don't know who the fuck you yeah. are like they're and there's like yeah like we're so privileged and then they just they have such a different experience to us and you're like listen to those experiences and you're like oh fuck i, I can't imagine being a woman and going through that yeah. like it's so awful some of the things i'm like fuck like yeah and mm. i mean it's sort of like um you know i've had that kind of like similar experience when we're um you know when we did the doctor who photo shoot and you I, know, those guys yeah. yeah and i had these guys following following me home but it wasn't the fact like i didn't care what color of skin they were yeah. they were just because they were f- a group of four guys yeah acting like utter dickheads yeah. And coming towards me, even one person, I'd be on edge. Yeah, like I even if just... I could like take him in a fight, I'd still be on edge because I don't. I want to avoid any conflict possible. Yeah. So like four people, you're fucked. And I think it was like what pissed me off was I went up to the security guard. I was like, "Hey, mate, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, there's these guys, and like I could hear them cackling in the background, mm. being like, oh, we've scared him.' Oh. Yeah. And I was like, "You guys are fuckers." And I was like, "Look, I'm just gonna chill here until they're gone." Yeah. Um. And he was just like, his response was boys being boys. I was like, hang what? on. You're a fuckwit too. Yeah, like, like, getting bashed in the alley. That's just boys being boys. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, and that's kind of the logic of people. And mm. I just don't get it. I hate that mentality of just like, oh, I guess it's just the way people are. And yeah. I guess you deserved it. And I'm like, no, get fucked. Yeah. You're an asshole. Like, like a way or a specific group. Yeah. Like the whole boys will be boys thing. It's just like, absolutely not. Cause like. Again, like, I know I'm not like that. If somebody was, like, boys being boys, I was like, I wouldn't fucking do that to anyone. Yeah. Like, I, I, fuck no. That's terrible to do to somebody. Like, If I someone just... does not consent, yeah. doesn't matter if you're in a relationship with them or not, yeah. don't do it. Don't do it. Like, that's just, that's not boys will be boys. Because it, it's like, it's what you were saying before, like, men suck and everything. Like, I, I do say that as, like, we, uh, like, they, a lot of men suck. And I do say that as a bit of a comedic bit. It's also trying to find that balance of, like, well, like we got to understand the whole history of everything, yeah, but also yeah. on Tumblr, you see a lot of people just like shitting on men and everything. And it's like, sometimes it's like in a funny kind of way, but other times it's like just genuine. It's like, Hey, no, sometimes boys don't deserve like, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. also, cause also it's a whole thing of like the next generation of yeah. men, because like, 
we it's still not perfect but there has definitely been a turning point and a lot of younger men are like you know not as sexist and like fighting yeah, yeah, for that. Yeah. so it's like you as much as like we're mostly talking about again it's like we're not tr- like the whole like not all men is fucking stupid because it's not like you're gonna say like you know oh like some of these cups are poison well not all the cups it's like you're not gonna fucking do it like yeah. you're not gonna like you're not gonna take the risk essentially yeah, so it's like but a lot of the younger men like a lot of boys they don't yeah. need to hear this negativity against them for stuff if they have never experienced doing that essentially yeah. so it's like <sighs> finding that balance of being like hey we need to recognize the past and everything but also we need to still uplift young men so they're not pushed into this negative attitude and then because that's also a cycle of violence where it's just like hey well we have these negative connotations about us that people are going to believe no matter what why don't we just why yeah, find them kind of thing so it's like finding that balance there so i always hated that boys will be boys and i, I had a fight with my uncles recently about white privilege like they were trying to, they were just arguing like it doesn't exist. And like my uncle was like, there are no laws in Australia that stop anybody of a different um, nationality, like, of, uh, you know, having the same like opportunities as us. And I was just like, one, I fucking doubt that. I, <laughs> I bet there's some shit where it's just like, well, if your parents are Asian, no, I, like there's going to be something yeah. like there's Obviously there's got to be, but like little things. But also I was like, even if that's true, the law does not dictate how people work. Because you know what's illegal? Murder. You know what people do? Murder. Like, just because it says you're not allowed to racially profile people and not accept them because they're a different race doesn't mean people are not going to do it. They just go, oh, they weren't fit for the role. Like, racism and all that shit, sexism yeah. still exists in people. Just because the law says it's illegal doesn't mean people are going to stop. It's like, oh, it's illegal. I can't do this now. They still find ways because that's what shitty people do who have an agenda like that. So I I hated that argument because I was like, it doesn't fucking matter if the law says if there are no laws against it, people will still do those things. And and I was going like, we need better education. We need better funding for this. And they were like, oh, you're just mad because you didn't get that. I'm like, yes, I am mad because I didn't get that. It's not about me. I'm angry that next generations are still not getting it. I I had to remind them. I was like, a lot of the things I am fighting for are not for me. They're to help other people. Like I if you're not on this planet to help people and do like, just be kind, like, why the fuck are you here? Like still, you've got to take care of yourself and you should enjoy your life, but like be nice to people. And I, that's what I had to say. Then I was like, a lot of the things I want are for other people and to make life better because I know that my life isn't going to be perfect and things are going to be bad still and it's going to be better and I can still make my life better, but it's never going to be perfect. And I'm trying to make it better. So the next generation It's that quote of like, uh, you know, a, society grows well when men plant trees that they know they'll never sit in the shade of like i want to plant trees that i know i'm never going to see but will help somebody else like that's the whole point of being on this planet they just didn't get that and i was so fucking pissed that they would just argue they're like oh you're like when you get older i'm like no 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 no. i'm still gonna have this opinion because i'm not like you you, they're very privileged like they're like oh when we grew up in narrabeen you know that wasn't a very like privileged area i'm like yes but then you also didn't have other things against you, like socioeconomic standing in other areas. You didn't have racism against you. Like you had so many more advantages than other people did. And I hate that you could like are refusing to see that. Cause also that side of my family, my dad's side, they're pretty well off. And a lot of them have worked hard, but also a lot of them have kind of like slipped into God, if they listen to this podcast, but like have slipped into, you know, yeah, I, I'm going to say it. Cause like, I, I, it's true and I believe it and I'm going to stick by my words they've very much not struggled through like major hardships to get there. Yeah. They didn't have to like work from the bottom. Like they were still in like a good family and had both parents and everything like had a good education. They had so many more jumping points than anybody else. And they've done, they still worked hard, but it's not like they had to overcome massive adversity. And then after that, I went up to my dad and he was like, were you the most like socially conscious person that uh, in that conversation? 
And I was like, yeah. And it was like, yeah, it makes sense. Because also my cousin was there and she was agreeing with me. She, we were like looking at each other like, what the fuck? Because she's a nurse and she's like, there's so much racism in nursing and stuff like that. And my uncle was like, I'm shocked to hear that. And I'm like, how are you shocked to hear that racism still exists? Yeah. Like if anybody said to me like racism here is, I'd be like, I completely believe that. Like if somebody's like, that's something's racist there. I'd be like, I'm sure it is. Like it's still so rampant, especially in Australia. We're so multicultural, but there's so much disgusting racism in a lot of our older generation. I, I'm very proud of a lot of the young, like there's still younger people who are terrible, but we've definitely, I would say our generation and the younger ones are progressing so much better than the other generations. Yeah. I am, I 100% agree yeah. on that. Um, I'm going to wrap things yeah, up. Yeah, I was about to say, like, we've gone for a while. And we've I, been but I loved every moment of That was it. good. It was such a good set. That was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually been a blast to have you on my podcast. On my uh, podcast, <laughs> yeah, yes. Shut the fuck the up. things we do, <laughs> Lachlan Croswell are my podcasts. Um, but no, thank you for coming on board and actually chatting to me about awesome topics. Uh, yeah, about. no, thank you for having um, me. I've, I've been excited. For, like, this crept up on me. This I came know. To, like I was like, oh cool, we got like oh that's tons of time. And it was like it's next week, and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I got th- I got to think of things to say. <laughs> and did boy did we? Boy, boy did, did we? we. <laughs> remember remember kids. Um, white people invented sodomy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Fucking yeah. best quote of the day. Exactly. Death. So Martin, where can where can my audience find you? <laughs> well, actually, they will find it us on all the podcast what? sessions. I know. Wow. But they won't find it immediately. Immediately. <laughs> But I will add a little end tag, but they will find me on all the podcast apps. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to watch any of the episodes, watch, listen. <laughs> Wait, there's no, ca- there's a camera. There was a camera the entire time. Yeah. It's in my wall. Um, I respect it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, I got to look at this fine figure every day. Yeah. Um, but no, if you do want to listen to the podcast, do check it me out on all the available podcast sites. Uh, it will come out in 2021. So, mm-hmm. you know. Are you are you doing a full every episode at once or slow release? Slow release, weekly okay. release, like weekly release. Cool, yeah. but you so, just want to have them prepped. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're a lot of work. <laughs> they are. Oh yeah, this is a this is such a high tech operation compared to mine, and it was a bit longer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you have to edit so much. But also, Lachlan is helping me like with elements of like platforms to release on. So Buzzsprout is what yeah. I use. It's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. I, I'll definitely help you with that. It's very. It's, it's like it's a bit awkward to use at the start, but then once you get the hang of it, yeah. it's so so um, good. But no, I'm looking forward to everyone catching it, and thank you, yes. welcome for joining. It's okay, me. I, am I allowed to plug my 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 you may. things? We, I Good, feel like yeah. we've already plugged. Like, I know, but I want I want to do it like a professional. Yeah, so where people are like, where can where can, where can, you... where can where can we find you, Lock? Thank you. I've always wanted to be asked that. <laughs> that's uh, that's literally. I've always wanted to be asked that. So, uh, you can find my podcast, Bit Movies, where we talk a bit about movies, uh, but mostly other stuff. Uh, B I T M O V I E S on every podcasting platform except uh, like Amazon and Audible, because fuck Amazon. Um, Don't say that because I might won't get on them. <laughs> uh, Amazon is fantastic. Thank um, you. We're, we're, we're still discussing if we're going to put on Amazon or not, but most people are listening on like Buzzsprout or Spotify. But we're on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Pocket Cast is the one I use for all my podcast. But you can find my YouTube channel. I think if you search Cross Dogs, C R O Z D O G S, you'll find me. But my Instagram, whereas like my main one, Tony Bones and the Ghoul Patrol. Uh, my link tree is on there, which has all my links. So probably finding my Instagram, Tony Bones and the Ghoul Patrol and going to my link tree is the best way to find all my content. And boy, is there some content. There's there. some content. There's going to be more. There's going to be much more content um, um, coming. I'm going to start posting a lot more. And also, oh, that was the other thing. I didn't get discussed, but like quickly, have my Instagram, that Tony Bones is like such a... Um, 
such a like me shit just shit posting the entire time and now i actually want to take stuff seriously and post acting stuff it's i'm like it's never gonna fucking work it's gonna be like shit posting hey i was in a serious production hey look at me with a fucking panties on my head it's great <laughs> yeah. yes which it's actually was part of the serious production who's all over the shop it's all over <laughs> the fucking shop so yes finding me on my instagram is probably my safe uh, yeah. the best place to find all my stuff he is, um, and you'll hear Lachlan many times with me again. I, oh, uh, yeah, I'm coming back on my podcast many yeah, times. Yeah. And Martin's going to be on my podcast once we finally figure out what we're doing for guests and once I get a second mic. Martin's <laughs> definitely coming on the podcast. I am annoying. Or if we do it via, we'll figure it out because we may do it via Zoom. Yes, that's true. Yeah, because we do live a distance apart. Oh, yeah, but I have a car. Yeah, it's not too far, but it's also like if it doesn't work out and we have to do it, we've got Zoom as yeah. a backup. I loved yes. that you tricked all the way out to my place, which is like Lachlan lives in the Northern Beaches. So it's, it's, not, not, it's not that far. It only took me like an hour and a half max. Oh, that's okay. Well, no, it would, if I took all public, I Ubered up here because it was pretty cheap um, from Wynyard. But it, like catching, I, I live in a beeline, so like revealing my location um <laughs> i yeah. live in a beeline i caught a beeline straight up to winyard and then just ubered from here because it was cheap as chips and yeah. way faster but if i caught public transport it would have taken me about um no oh, actually about an hour and 15 okay. so it wasn't too bad yeah it's very easy to get out of here yeah. i just got dropped three blocks away <laughs> no, yes. bit of a walk. bit of a walk um but now we're yes. gonna go home and have lunch we're so. gonna go have lunch i need a pee Lachlan needs to pee. I need, to pee. I need to eat. We've drunk a lot of water. <laughs> We've drunk so much water. So much water. Anyway, table love so you all, peeps. Bye. Bye.